Blog Talk Radio. Show live. Um, 
here's the ways you can do it. Number one and the easiest way is first, give me a call, 347-838-8622. That's all you have to do, 347-838-8622. You can also email me at ericletslettstalk at gmail.com. And our chat room is open, as always, so you can log in and um, have a conversation there as well, or just listen, read the conversation uh, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. So those are all the ways you can participate in the show, and I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. All right. Daboo One, welcome to the show, my brother. How you doing? I got guest 392 in the chat room. Thank y'all for dropping by. Always glad to see you. Always glad to see you. All right. So now that we have all those little particulars out of the way, <laughs> I just like the way I say the word particulars. Yeah, <laughs> just because I can. Because <laughs> y'all do know I be messing up some other words, that's for sure. I take some other words and I just chop them all up sometimes. You ever been like that? You know how to pronounce a word, but sometimes when once you get to, get to um, you, you want to say it and it just won't come out. Okay, how hard you you think 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 on it, it just doesn't come out. <laughs> you know, and and it's interesting because it, it seems like that happens at the worst time, and people be standing there looking at you like, okay, what's your problem? Are you special? <laughs> but anyway, anyway, <laughs> oh Lord, so that's um. That's what we're going to be doing today, okay? Hey, it's Freedom Friday, y'all. Give me a break, all right? <laughs> I'm food high. All right, so um, as we mentioned at the start, the start of the show, we do have a song of the day for you. And you know what? No, let me throw these nuggets out here real fast, and then we'll go ahead and, um, um, yeah, we'll play the song of the day, and then we'll come back and get into the interview. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right, so. As I mentioned before, Donald Trump is already backtracking a little bit from some of his campaign promises. And the biggest one, of course, was the one about him. He going to get a um, he was going to tell his prosecuting, his attorney general, get a special prosecutor and go after Hillary Clinton. Well, he has definitely backtracked off that now that he has won. And um, he has said it before. He even said it after he won on the um his 60 minutes interview. Remember, he said he do not he didn't want to hurt hurt the Clintons at all. And he said, you know, there are good people. We went, they went, she went through a lot and suffered greatly in many ways. Now, for his supporters, I know they're thinking, well, all of a sudden is this such a big change? You know, I mean, because that was one of the main cries of his campaign. You know, and, and during the the, the um, during the um, um, rallies and stuff, you heard the cries, lock her up, lock her up. Well, now he's not even going after her. Why is that? Huh? Why well, all of a sudden the change of the heart? Because let's be honest, 62% now, listen to this, 62% of his voters really believe that he was going to get that special prosecutor and go after Hillary Clinton. 62% of the people that voted for him. So now he has changed his mind. He's not going to do it. Why not? I'm going to tell you why not. Because later on down the line, once everything smooths out, 
him and Hillary are going to get together. He already realizes he's going to need Hillary. Now, some people are going to say, nah, oh, yes, he is. Because, see, what people fail to realize, as I've mentioned many times before, the Clintons and Trump are real close friends, y'all. They party together, okay? They have dinner together. They are real close friends. So, you know, now that that, that the election is over <laughs> and he's stolen the election. Now, I'm not saying, when, let me get it right. I'm not saying he stole the election from her, okay? He just stole it from the American people, period. But anyway, um, he's, the election is over with, okay? He's stolen the election. So, okay. It's over with, you know. That's like two kids in in, in the courtyard, and we've we've all been there because we've all been kids. You know, where you you fight your friend, you fight your friend, especially if you know, something you both want, you're gonna fight, fight, fight. And once it's over with, where one has gotten it, or the other, or neither one of you got it, you go back to being friends. And that's just exactly what's happened now. You know, we got to play the game for just a little while longer. Then everything's going to calm down. And then we'll just go back to business as usual. <laughs> so that is why he's not going to go and prosecute Hillary Clinton. Simple. Of course, the major news media are going to make you think that it's more to it than that. But that's just it. They're friends. Period. They are friends. And as this term goes on, you're going to see them hanging out a little bit and being in the same places. And see, once again, that goes back into what I've always said about this political game that's being played. They say the rottenness and the horrible thing about each other. Some of the terrible things. But when it's over with, one offer the other one a job and just accept it with no problems. Yes, I accept the job. I sure will. I come work for you. But you done talked about my whole family. You done talked about me like I'm the scum of the earth. Now you're going to offer me a job and let alone talk about me accepting it? Really? Come on, people. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. You know, and the other the other piece of this puzzle that people are, are aren't feeling to really pay attention to is um the more he yelled Hillary was a crook. Remember his nickname for Hillary? Crooked Hillary? Crooked Hillary? Well, as long as you and the emails, as long as they can keep that in the um in the spotlight, that's that distracted. It really it distracted from the Trump University lawsuit, right? Because nobody really talked about that. Even now that he done settled for $25 million, still no one's talking about that. Or the other 75 lawsuits, the 75 other lawsuits that are against, that has been filed against him or his company, his name brand. But nobody paid attention to that. Why? Because everybody was was concerned with lock her up, lock her up. Crooked Hillary, crooked Hillary. He did the same thing to Marco Rubio. Remember, little Marco. <laughs> so, while everybody sitting back thinking that old, 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 old Donald J is not a politician, uh, but yeah, he knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> but the question is, 
And, and here's something that's interesting. How many of his followers are not going to feel as though he was, they were portrayed because he said, he said, has said he's not going to go after Hillary. Well, how many of them feel that, um, he didn't keep his word. Ooh, did it say what? Did you get fooled by a politician? <laughs> oh Lord, you know. And, and sometimes it, I, you just have to laugh at that because there are really a lot of sixty-two percent of them that really believe he was going to keep that part of the, the 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 his campaign promises. And there's probably more that believe he's going to keep a lot other of the other um promises made. Well, I'm here to tell you, y'all, it's not going to happen. It's not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, it's not going to happen. I don't care if he has a Republican-held Congress. It's not going to happen. Period. <laughs> oh, and now to top it off, what has Donald Trump done? Donald Trump has gone and nominated two Two women put two women in his cabinet. Oh man, you know his his conservative buddies, white buddies, are just going cuckoo for cocoa puffs right about now. Well, how dare you? How dare you? And I was just reading just before I came on the air. He has nominated another one, another woman, to um take a post in his cabinet. So in his administration, so that's three women, three women, and if reports are true. Um, ben Carson is going to be HUD secretary. So that's three women and a black guy. <laughs> I guess he's met his quota for affirmative action, huh? <laughs> Did I just say that out loud? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, I guess he made his quota. And um, <clears throat> you know what? More power to him. More power to him. I'll have to say. <laughs> Ooh, more power to him. But hey, he you know, we just have to be ready. Um <laughs> Ooh, mm. All right, I have to I have to check that out there. Okay. All right. I have to check those out. Um I just have some questions emailed to me, and I'll, I'll have to do some research on those, but I will get back to them. Um, you know, the two women he, he he appointed was Betty DeVos for Education Secretary and Governor Nikki Haley, Ambassador to the UN. Now, <laughs> everybody's confused about Nikki Haley because she, she was the most outspoken person against Trump. See, once again, there it is. I, you talked about me like I really don't like you. I haven't been, I don't want to be nowhere apart before the election. But now, hmm. Say what? You want to be the secretary? You want to be the, what? Ambassador to the UN? Oh, shoot. We can be friends now. Okay, yeah, we can be friends. No problem. Let's do this thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. It really is. Um, Betty DeVos. Now, this woman here, she's very interesting because she's strictly for school choice. All right. She's for charter schools. She feels that teachers are overpaid. So this is going to be a very interesting appointment right here. And Donald Trump feels the same way. So 
even though a lot of his his cronies are a little upset about this, he's still appointing those that have the same ideology as he does. And apparently he's looking at it, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white, whatever. As long as we think the same way and you accept my offers, I'm putting you in I'm putting you in. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. And here's another nugget that nobody I don't think nobody really paid attention to. Um <clears throat> Remember, when I started this off, we were talking about Donald Trump and and, um, why he's not going after Hillary Clinton. And I said, actually, because he's going to need Hillary later on down the line. And the the other point is, they are friends. Just that simple. They are friends. However, um, Donald, you know, Donald Trump has a charity himself. And come to find out, um, his charity violated the IRS regulations barring it from using its money or assets to benefit Mr. Trump, his family, his companies, or substantial contributors to the foundation. All right, so uh, let me find my my notes here. Um, Yeah, his campaign has contributed a whole lot of money, okay? And this was in 2015, y'all. So that that mess about his taxes were being audited or what have you. <laughs> Once again, he done pulled a fast one on on the American people already. He he done did it. He's done it. Yeah, he's done it. Um, and he's gotten away with it because he's he's learned how to manipulate. Wait, well, he didn't learn how. He already knew how to manipulate manipulate the system. But not only that, he manipulated people. The people. <laughs> of course, he's been doing it for years, so it's not really like it's anything that's a surprise. Um, but see, this is the interesting thing because it's it's not really implicating Donald Trump himself. Of course, you know the rich always have somebody that's going to be the fall guy, right? Right. Anyway, um, let's see what this says. The 2015 tax filling was posted on the nonprofit monitoring website. Yeah, 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 yeah. By some of you, yeah, da, 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 da. but anyway, it was. Uh, here it is. Where is it? Trump has used the charity to s- settle lawsuits, making a $25,000 political contribution, and purchase items such as a painting of himself that was displayed at one of his properties. Um, <clears throat> what else he he's done? Let me get to the good. President-elect Donald Trump's charity has acknowledged that it violated IRS regulations, barring it from using its money and assets to benefit Trump, his family, his companies, and substantial contributors to the foundation. Um, uh, I mean, see, this is, uh, I'm trying to look and see some of the things. <laughs> the Post reported that Trump had bid $12,000 for a football helmet and his wife, Melania, whatever, how you pronounce the name, bid 20000 for one of the painted, painted, portraits. The other paint portrait for which Trump had bid $10,000 has been hanging on the wall in a building at his golf course in Doral, Florida. That's where you have his golf tournament all the time, y'all. That's down in Miami, um, Fort Lauderdale, 
somewhere up in there. Yeah. The foundation has previously said it amended its tax filings after it gave them proper $25,000 check to a political committee supporting Florida Attorney General Pam Bundy in 2013. All right. Charities are barred from engaging in political activities, and the president-elect staff says the check he signed was mistakenly issued following a series of clerical errors. <laughs> Oh, oh, and the funk, and the Trump Foundation paid a $2,500 fine to the RRS over the check. Now, see, once again, this is the rich getting over because they have the money to do it. Um, you know, this is crazy. But once again, this goes to show why he constantly was... I'm going to prosecute Hillary Clinton because he's doing the same thing. See, as I said before, when it comes to those things, when it comes to to situations like this, the reason why Trump knows about it, because he's done it. He knows the system is crooked. He knows the system is rigged. He knows how to beat the system. He's been doing it for years. That's what he's trying to tell you. He's been doing it for years. So <clears throat> for those that think, oh, here's a fresh mind. No, this is not fresh. His mind is not fresh. His ideas aren't fresh. He's been doing the same thing the rest of them been doing. He's just been getting away with it just like they have. <laughs> Interesting, huh? But anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. Um, So while he's after, they were after Hillary and, and her charity, the Clinton Foundation, which we all know have their hands in some everything. Let's be honest and, and, and realize it runs both ways. President-elect and his charity have their hands in a whole lot of stuff as well. Okay, like I've always, they all crooked, y'all. They all have their little ways of, of getting around the system. We know this. A lot of times we know it, but we just don't pay any attention to it. But it's there. It is. It is there. Right for us to find. <laughs> there for us to find. But anyway, now if you want to go ahead and read that article for yourself, the title of the article um, is Trump's Charity Admits to Violating IRS Self-Dealing Ban. I'll, I'll place it in the chat room, okay, so you can go and check it out yourself um, when you have some time. All right, y'all, enough of those little nuggets. That 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 was just one of the nuggets, but... uh. You know, I have some other things I want to get to, so I need to move on here. Um, since President Trump's election, wow, do are you aware that minorities <laughs> um, have um, begun buying a whole lot of guns at a record pace? I mean, many stores, gun shop owners are, are saying that their sales are, are just off the charts. You know, I mean, and and. You know, they're seeing, what, up to four times as many blacks and minority customers? I mean, they're buying everything from nine Mike Mikes, 38 revolvers, Glocks, AR-15 rifles, AK-47, semi-automatic weapons. What are you going to do with an AK-47, huh? What are you going to do with an AK-47? But anyway, <laughs> blacks and minorities are buying guns, and most of them feel that um they're in danger. 
they're in danger with the election of Donald Trump that a lot of um, white nationalists and racists um, are, are just going to start, decide to just, you know, pot shot and uh, uh, take control. So, you know, with with the recent upright, uptick in uh, SWAT stickers being spray painted on churches, you know, college walls, um, white high school students in Texas, you know, they even chanted, build that wall during a, a volleyball game with a, a, a predominantly Hispanic school. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> you know, um, it's just crazy, and then there's all of a sudden these upticks of high Hitler signs on social media. So, and of course, you know, you got the Confederate flag where everybody putting the Confederate flag back in the back, back end of their pickups and driving around. And oh, man, all right, look, I understand everybody wants to to um, defend yourselves and what have you. I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. Okay. But you're going out of buying all these weapons, okay? That's good and that's fine. But make sure you, you, you use it in the correct way, okay? Because, see, right now, you have to be careful because it's an okie doke play. I'm just going to tell you what it is. It's an okie doke play, all right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to go and get in a confrontation with someone, and you're going to use the weapon that you have legally bought, that you legally own and more than likely will be legally defending yourself. But let's remember the system that you are dealing with. All right. Let's remember that. When words like legal self-defense and things like that are brought up in our, in our cases to try and help us, they do not exist people. Okay. (laughs) They do not exist. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to use it, please be very, very careful, all right? Be very, very careful. Because regardless, regardless, you're still going to have to live here just like the rest of us. Now, I'm not saying to go out there and buy your weapons. So by all means, go and do what you're going to do. Protect you, yourself, and your family from the ignorance that that has seemed to start it all. Start. I'm not even gonna say start it over. This the ignorance of some of these people out here in this country that we live in. Notice, I'm not putting no, any ethnicity on anyone. I just said the ignorance of some people in this country because it's out there. But we also know that. Um, in many instances, people of color gets the raw, the end, the, smart, the short end of the stick. That's all I'm saying. So if you use it, you know, make sure you use you you, you got your backup. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All right, that's enough for the niggas right now because I want to get into this clip here, and like I said, it's about thirty minutes long, and I wanted to chop it up, but if I did, it would lose some of its. Um, Gusto, I guess you can say. And um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to play your song of the day, um, the Black Eyed Peas. And I think this song right here is really good as far as um, <laughs> what, what, what's going on in today, the, today's world. Um, the Black Eyed Peas, Where's the Love? And then we can come back after the song. We're going to go ahead and get the clip rolling. And the clip is Roland Martin 
and he's sitting down on his television show, News One, talking to Richard Spencer. Um, and Richard Spencer is the guy who was on the, I'm sure you've seen it, their internet, on the internet or social media, the guy who's standing at the podium reading at this all right convention in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. Well, this is the guy that was standing at the podium, and he went on the show with um, Roland Martin, and they had a, I would say a debate. It wasn't even a debate. <laughs> it was an interesting interaction. Can Let's put it like that. It was a very interesting interaction. So I, I'm going to play that clip right there because I, I just, and the reason why I'm playing it because I want you to, to hear and, and understand how some people are actually thinking out there, and I don't want to give it away. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. Here comes your song of the day, and after the song of the day, man, I'm just going to kick in the clip, and we're going to go from there, all right? So get your pen and paper out, and get ready to take some notes, um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to do what we do, all right? Welcome to the show, JC. I see you in my chat room trying to start trouble like normal. I still love you, brother, but it's all right. I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, well, here, here's your song of the day, man, the Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love?
all on my shoulder. As I'm getting older, y'all people get colder. Most of us only care about money making. Selfishness got us following the wrong direction. Wrong information always shown by the media. Negative images is the main criteria. Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria. Kids wanna act like what they see in the cinema. Yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity? Whatever happened to the fairness and equality? Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity. Lack of understanding leading us away from unity. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down. It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under. Gotta keep my faith alive and love is found. National Policy Institute held its annual conference in the nation's capital. Their movement is broadly referred to as alt-right, but the positions they embrace are white nationalist supremacists, and many say absolutely racist. Unlike past gatherings, this meeting was energized by the election of Donald Trump. Here is some of what took place at the conference this weekend. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! No one will honor us for losing gracefully. No one mourns the great crimes committed against us. For us, it is conquer or die. To be white is to be a striver, a crusader, an explorer, and a conqueror. We build, we produce, we go upward. And we recognize the central lie of American race relations. We don't exploit other groups. We... We don't gain anything from their presence. They need us and not the other way around. We are not meant to live in shame and weakness and disgrace. We were not meant to beg for moral validation from some of the most despicable creatures to ever populate the planet. We were meant to overcome, overcome all of it, because that is natural and normal for us. America was, until this past generation, a white country designed for ourselves and our posterity. It is our creation. It is our inheritance. And it belongs to us. Uh, here's what President-elect Trump's staff had t- tweeted in response to that controversial video. Quote, President-elect Trump has continued to, to denounce racism of any kind, and he was elected because he will be a leader for every American. To think otherwise is a complete misrepresentation of the movement that united Americans from all backgrounds. There were protesters outside the conference, and the U.S. Holocaust Museum issued a statement that said, in part, quote, Richard Spencer, the leader of the National Policy Institute, made several direct and indirect references to Jews and other minorities 
often alluding to Nazism, the targeting of Jews was central to Nazi racist ideology. The Germans attempted to kill every Jewish man, woman, and child they could find. Nazi racism extended to other groups. By the end of World War II, the Germans and their collaborators had murdered six million Jews and millions of other innocent civilians, many of whom were targeted for racial reasons. The Holocaust did not begin with killing, it began with words. The museum calls on all American citizens, our religious and civic leaders, and the leadership of all branches of the government to confront racist thinking and divisive, hateful speech. Joining us right now is Richard Spencer, uh, who they were just referring to. So, Richard, we had you previously on TV One. Uh, have you back. First and foremost, uh, when you said despicable creatures, who were you talking about? Uh, I was talking about the lying media that have actually been lying about me for the last 24 hours. So we say lying CNN, about me, what does that mean? CNN claimed that I questioned whether Jews were people and things like that. If you, we, uh, we published the text of my speech. I did nothing of the kind. They are doing a wild exaggeration. They, they, they're worrying about fake news. They're engaging in fake news about me. So wh why... Heil Hitler there. Why Why the Nazi references? I, why? No one said Heil Hitler. No, first of all, when we saw the video there, there were individuals there who were doing that. We've seen photos uh, as well of individuals at that particular conference uh, who were using the Nazi salute. Do, but there's a lot of exuberance in, in events like this. There's also a lot of irony. Uh, the fact is... Well, the Nazi salute? Yeah, in, in the sense when, it, when it's done in the context of the alt-right, it's done in a spirit of fun Why? and exuberance. But, 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 but this is America. Because whenever, you, whenever anyone sticks up for European identity, whenever they say, I want to stick up for us, for our people, they're always called a collection of names, Nazi, KKK, Southern Confederate, etc. I think a lot of people just want to throw it back in, those, in their enemies' faces. But, 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 totally but that's, natural. But, but, so it's totally natural for Americans to use a Nazi salute when, 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 one second, when Americans, when America fought against the Nazis, fought against uh, what they were all about, why would you, so why would you salute, why would you appreciate that? Why, why would you not say, no, this is America. You don't do that in America. Uh, again, it's a moment of exuberance. No, 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 no. You use I don't need, look, I can't police everyone. No, 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 no. What you can say, here's the question. Are you an American? Yes, I'm an American. Are you proud to be an American? Yes, I'm a proud to be Do you believe that America should have beaten Nazi Germany in World War II? I wish that we had avoided that conflict. No, no, you, know, you answered my think, question. You answered my question. Should I, America I have beaten World You said that we should avoid it. Should America have beaten back Nazi Germany and Adolf Hitler in World War II. One, once the United States was in the war, yes, absolutely, okay. we have to win it. So if we want it and we beat back Nazi Germany, why would you even say, well, in exuberance people do that? Why would you not say, as an American, that is not what we do in America? It, it, what you're saying is just logically incoherent. I mean, you know, we're talking about a second world war, and therefore you can't do something and, and fun and jest. So, 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 you, also, so, so you believe five so, people so, or something? No, 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 actually, this, hold on one second. Five people? Shelly, play the video again. Play the video. Hail Trump! Hail our people! Hail victory! That's not five people. That's more. That's far more than five people. And and but I'm trying to understand why would you excuse that as as if that's no big deal? Oh, it's just it's just sort of in fun. That I mean that's that that's offensive I, to Americans. That's offensive to American soldiers. That's offensive to World War II veterans who actually fought in that war. H how do you say, oh, that's exuberance? 
Because that's what it was, and it's nothing more than that. This is what I would say is that... Are there any World War II veterans in your family? Yes, actually, okay. both of my grandfathers. And both of your grandfathers. Yes. Would your grandfathers say, oh, that's exuberance? Yes. Really? Yeah. Right. So, just, so your grandfathers wouldn't say, I fought against that. I, I fought where that's not done in America. No. I don't, I don't think so, most, most people are like this. It's actually just the liberal media that's in no, a no, actually, collective freakout. No, actually, it. no, it's not a question of collective freakout. If somebody wants to call themselves an American, they would then say, no, that's not American. So, uh, so I also want to ask you this I'll, I'll actually agree. I'll, give you, I'll, I'll find some common ground here. Uh, I do think that the alt-right, we've gone from being a movement that was not connected to the political mainstream, not, collect, not connected to the political fray. We now are. People are paying attention to us. People are looking at us. And so I actually, I actually say yes. Uh, we need to start uh, uh, maybe knock some of that stuff off. We need we need, maybe, to, think maybe, our, we need maybe. to think of our we need to think of ourselves as a mainstream movement that's going to reach people because we do have that power. Okay, so, his, so are you white nationalists? Uh, I don't use the term white nationalist. I use the, I like the term all right first off, and I also like the term identitarian because it gets at what I am and what I believe. And what is that? Identity is at the heart of my ideology. So what's an identity? Yeah, I, race is a foundation of that identity, undoubtedly. Now, you, now, you know, ra I mean, race is simply a creation of mankind. That's a construct. It doesn't exist. I mean, bottom line is, uh, is it, no, I know who I am. First of all, I'm Roland Martin. I'm a man. Okay. I'm a man. Do you first. identify as a black man? No, first of all, I identify as a man. Okay. I identify as a man. I, I, I did, no, actually, it's not sexist because if a person is a woman, identifies as a woman. Okay. So I'm a man. I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Are you a Christian? Uh, I'm a cultural Christian, yeah. What the hell is that? Well, you know, I, many of us struggle with faith, but, uh, but no, I, no, I'm no, part of a Christian. Hold on, you, oh, you can't call yourself a cultural Christian and then say, I struggle with faith. Have you professed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Uh, no, I, I, well, I have in my life. I, I don't. I mean, look, let's, <laughs> this is an no, imposition no, on me. No, 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 it's an interview. But, but see, when somebody tells me they are Christian, and I, I again, I'm have, culturally Christian. W what is culturally Christian? I, I grew up in a Christian background. I resonate with Christianity and so on. Okay, I'm going to ask again. Have you professed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I, I have in my life, yes. Okay, so that means that you're a Christian. So how is it that with what you espouse, how do you find that to be uh, compatible with Christian ideals? Most Christians throughout world history agreed with me that identity matters and that race is real and that they're part of an extended family. Well, it's it, only this, well, my, this tiny slice of world history, like post-1965, that everyone thinks that Christianity is incompatible with identity. Well, I, I actually, do not well, believe actually, that. Actually, if you use world history, there were people who actually used Christianity to justify slavery and the enslavement yeah. of people who look like me, uh, and so, so why are you, you a Christian? Why am I why am I a Christian? Uh, because those people actually were false Christians. Those people mm. were fake Christians. Those people probably were cultural Christians, where they somehow uh, allowed culture to inform their faith, as opposed to their faith informing their culture. But mm. but I, but but I ask you this. I go back to the question I asked you. For most of that, Christian history, there was feudalism, there was serfdom, there was slavery, there was right, identity, right. there was nationalism. And, and those, all of these people uh, un 
Christian, but you no, are no, 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 no. Those are people who actually uh, who chose to pimp the Bible as opposed to actually believe in exactly what so Jesus Christ all talked about. Of, most all of Christians throughout world history were pimps. No, 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 no. You no, no, are no, a true Christian. No, no. What, what I'm saying is here, as a Christian, I believe in the Word mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to uh, this false nonsense uh, that most of those folks were. But yeah, but they they were also fake Christians because they used the Word to actually enslave people. I'm but, so glad but, we but, reached but, true Christianity well, no, no, well, well, first in all, 2016. Well, first of all, first of all, you barely identify as one, so you say you cultural, you dance around it. I'm, and I'm, being, I'm it, being honest. So, it. No, I got you. I got you. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. No, no, that's fine. But I still got to go back to this here. So you. So are you a white supremacist? No, I'm not a white supremacist, absolutely. White supremacy means that a white person wouldn't want to rule over other people. So you don't want to rule over other people? I absolutely do not. We've had white supremacy in our past, whether you think of imperialism, slavery, colonialism. That's been a disaster. So no, I don't want to go back to that. So what are you trying to go? So what are you saying? Because in your video you said, uh, we don't need them, they need us. Who's they? Yes. Who's they? Uh, the white people ultimately don't need other races in order to succeed, in order to be ourselves. Absolutely not. So how do you think America became the greatest economic uh, nation without... Not uh, through black people. Oh, it wasn't? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't because of free labor? Uh, are you talking about slavery? No, I'm talking about slavery and also what happened after slavery, uh, which Douglas Blackman talked about, uh, slavery by another name. So I'm trying to understand, when you say didn't need it, how, how do you think America became the, econ- the greatest economy that it did? How, how do you think that happened? Through the genius of Europeans. Uh, how was the genius of Europeans when the fact of the matter is it was actually King Cotton that supplied the economic means for America to do so? And that, that was a result, a result of free labor from black people. Look, the, the whole point here is that who creates these systems? Who creates these business models and businesses? Slavery was a business model? Well, yes, it was a business model, and, yeah. And, and was that one that you like or dislike? I dislike. You dislike yeah, I would. I absolutely reject it. Okay, yeah. so, but you deny the reality, though, no, uh, that, what that that's, what create, that's what allowed America to become uh, the economic power because America supplied 91% of the world's cotton. And so as a result of that, that's how America was able to fund the Industrial Revolution. It was because of free labor from black people. The Industrial Revolution originated in Britain and it originated in, in well, the countryside of Britain. No, 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 no. Where there I, said, no I said the money generated from that. But I asked you again, I asked you again, okay? You said we don't need anybody else. No. But, but the reality is American history proves you wrong. The fact of the matter is there is no great America. You don't, you don't, you can't see here and talk about that greatness without other people making that happen. We could have figured out another way to pick cotton. Who? I mean, the, White people could have figured out another Y'all tried way to that get didn't work. Yeah, I, I mean, which we'll do it now. We've what, done what, it previously. What, what, I don't know what books you read, uh, but uh, no, that's actually not what happened. But you said y'all would have figured it out, but you didn't. Look, African slavery was an absolute disaster, socially and morally. I reject it. Okay. In terms of the 20th century, when America rose as a geopolitical power, when the, when we had the greatest economy in the world, and so on, that has nothing to do with slavery. So you say, so, so you say we don't we don't need anybody else. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, people of color not going anywhere. So so so, what is your vision for America? That uh, is is white land, and the rest of us can leave. I think that white people, Europeans formed the core of American identity. So why don't you go back to Europe? 
You keep saying I European. Just said, I just said. You European European. Is, you, being a European isn't just a plot of land. Being a European is about blood and spirit. These people form the core of American identity. What it means to be American is ultimately what it means to be a white person here. How so? Because we, because, how so? because we Dr. are Dr. essential. Because the reality is here. Dr. King talked about. And it was, I want to maintain that. that. It was black, it, Dr. King talked about it was black people who actually made America live up to the ideals that they wrote on a sheet of paper. That there were white, that there were white Americans uh, who talked about, oh, uh, we want uh, the nation to be this. When the reality is. Uh, that's not what they were living up to. It was, it, was Af it was black folks who made that a reality when it came to the Constitution. When you say all men are created equal, uh, we had a nation where it wasn't all men are created equal. Uh, I myself am critical of the Founding Fathers. However, clearly they but, did not believe in multiracial equality. Clearly, if you look at the and, first... And you, and you agree with that? I, yes, I agree with that. So, I do so, not believe so, that everyone so, is equal. So you don't believe in multiracial equality? No. I mean, I don't think anyone does, actually. I mean, do, do you really think that all people are equal in talents and identity that's, that's and that, worldview? No, no, that, 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 that's not what that means. The same. No, 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 no. When you say all people are created equal, that means that the moment you are born, uh, we're going to treat you in the same way as we treat everybody else. Now, what you do with your life, what you do with your talents is different. Uh, there are many areas, I'm quite sure, I'm far more talented than you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't have talent, but what it means is that when you are born, we're going to be treated as equals, equal American, equal American. So in your worldview, are you saying white folks should be treated as a greater American than if you're black or Latino or Asian or Native American? At this point, I want white people to have the same rights that all other people do. The like, fact what, is, what all, institutions, don't have? all institutions, in, in terms of legal rights, yes, everyone has the same thing. In terms of what institutions are actually doing, absolutely no. White people do not have the rights of minorities. How so? In what? I'll, I'll, in what? I'll go into it. In terms of federal hiring, absolutely. Federal hiring is geared towards not hiring more white men. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, Every, stop, hold on. Say it again. Federal hiring. Let me ask you a question. How many white men in the United States Senate? Uh, that's not federal hiring. No, 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 no. I asked my question. How many white men in the United States Senate? I don't know the exact number. It's more than 80%. Majority. Sure. Okay. How many white staffers? See, you said hiring. That's hiring, correct? Right. How many white staffers in Congress? Uh, a lot. A lot. Define a lot. I, I don't I don't know. Do it's it's in, in, in excess of 80%. Okay. So... Please show if me how. Look at, no, 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 no. It's federal, federal hiring. It's federal hiring. So, are, so are you saying? Are you? No, 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 no. Hold up. That, but no, no. That's federal hiring. So I'm trying to understand something here. You said like all of a sudden, oh my God, it's, it's so rough for us. Do you, do you so think are you, that are, affirmative action is not at play in federal hiring? Actually, actually hold up. Every department on down. Actually, I mean, give me a break. Actually, do you do you know what the greatest affirmative action policy was in this country? Slavery? No, 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 that wasn't affirmative action. Okay. That was free labor. The great affirmative action policy in America was the GI Bill. And do you know who benefited from the GI Bill? White people. Your grandfathers. Yeah. Do you know who did not benefit from the GI Bill? The same black folks who fought alongside in World War II who also bled for this country and when they came back. So when you talk about affirmative action, <clears throat> that is the greatest affirmative action bill in the history of America. Do you know who has benefited greater from affirmative action policies? First of all, who, who created affirmative action? Uh, white people, probably. Okay, Richard Nixon, President Richard Nixon, right. 1969, Arthur Fletcher was there as well. Who is the greatest beneficiary of affirmative action? The greatest beneficiary? Oh, affirmative yeah, I would say African American. You know, that's a lie. Okay. Is your, you have a girlfriend or wife? Uh, yes. Is she white? Yes. She's the greatest beneficiary of affirmative action. White women have benefited more from affirmative action than anybody else in America. Getting that's getting fact. sexist here, Martin. No, 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 that's not sexist. That's a fact. So the fact that so when you say affirmative action, white folks, that no, no, might no. be the case. No, no, it's, it's not might. 
white women have benefited from affirmative action more than any other group. I'll go so, with so, you so, no, no, no. So when you're saying, oh, my goodness, affirmative action, why should not it get any higher in the federal government? That's a lie. Oh, that's fine. Look, this is what I'm saying. In terms, let's look at Silicon Valley. Every spring, these big companies, Apple, Google, Facebook, release diversity reports. And they will basically say, we are, we are focused well, on hold, not hiring white men. Really? Yes. Hold on one look second. Look at all the diversity. Hold, 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 I'll say right there. Hold on one second. I'm going to go to a break. See, here's the problem, Richard. This is the problem when you're a smart black man who can read. Mm -hmm. Have you seen their diversity numbers? Uh, yes, whites really? are underrepresented okay, in the corporation. You. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to do a fact check for Richard uh, here when it comes to uh, Silicon Valley. Because, see, as y'all know, here on TV One, Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. has been talking about Silicon Valley. I've been right there covering this for the last 24 months. Uh, we're going to give him the facts when we come back uh, right here at News 1 Now TV One. All right, folks, that is our guest, Richard Spencer, president of the National Policy Institute, says he identifies with the alt-right. Many of us say he's a white nationalist. Richard, we talked about Silicon Valley. According to this report right here from the uh, federal government, top, 25, top 75 Silicon Valley tech firms. Whites, 47% of the workforce, Asian-Americans, 41%, Hispanics, 6%, African-Americans, 3%. Now, what you, women make up, what, no, 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 so what, so what you're saying is we don't have enough white people in Silicon Valley? No, what I'm saying is white people, those numbers that you just read reveal that white people are underrepresented as a percentage in, Silicon in, the, Valley. Pop, in the population in Silicon Valley. So, exactly so, what I so are, white, are white people underrepresented when it comes to Fortune 500 CEOs? Uh, no, not in terms of CEO. Okay, are white people unrepresented when it comes to a, bo a board of directors members of Fortune 500 CEOs? Uh, probably not. Are white people underrepresented when it comes yeah. to corporate offices of Fortune 500 CEOs? This is called so, moving so, no, the no, goalposts. No no, 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 it's not. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Here's the deal. What you're saying is this here, okay, in this sector, oh, my God, we only have 47% of white people. We need. So what do you want? You want 70, 80, 90? No, what I'm saying is that these corporations, by their own explicit admission, are trying to hire less white people and less How? white men. Uh, so you're they saying, release so, reports. So, so you're saying they're not hiring uh, people who are the smartest? Uh, no, I don't think they're hiring people so, merely so, because they're so, the smartest. So you're upset that you're upset. It, you know, no, no, no. I'm trying to understand. You're upset that 47% of white people work in Silicon Valley, but you have no problem with 90% of the Fortune 500 CEOs being white. I see what you're saying. No, no, no. I'm asking yes or no. Are, are you? Do you like? Do you? Do you like and accept that ninety percent, eighty plus percent of Fortune 500 CEOs are white men? Look, are you cool with that? Uh, yeah. Do you prefer that? Sure. Do you? So you? So what? What you're saying is what you want is you want whites being majority in control of every sector in America. What I want, look, I'm, I, I'm not an economic thinker in terms of politics. What I want are politicians, similar to Donald Trump, who really want to protect the people here, who don't think just in terms so of global who's the, population. Who's the people? Who are the people? Right. This is, whites are still a majority in no, the no, country. No, 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 no. But, but, you, secondly, but you said the people. So he's black, she's black, he's white, he's white, I'm black, Latino. Are we in the people? Yes, clearly you are citizens of this country. Okay, so, so, so if we're in the people, then why can't we also have jobs? I, don't, I, I care about the country itself, but I really care about European Americans. Okay, but, in but all but, of these institutions, but, these but, institutions are dedicated to discriminating how? against people like how, me. How, wait, hold on, hold on. By their hold own how, admission, how, how, how. they are. If, if whites, 
if whites are dominating jobs in banking, if whites are dominating jobs on Wall Street, if whites are dominating hedge funds, if whites are dominating NFL owners and NBA owners, if whites are dominating the major sectors, how in the world can you somehow say, oh, my God, it's rough for us white people out here? It's not. How, if you're saying that, how are whites dominating the number of jobs on Capitol Hill? How are whites dominating the number of jobs in the White House? How are whites dominating jobs all across America? And you're saying it's not enough white people, so stop hiring those minorities. They don't need jobs. we got to make sure us white people keep getting jobs. Is that what you're saying? It doesn't surprise me at all that whites succeed. Uh, we have succeeded throughout the centuries. We are a people of great genius and ambition. So none of that surprises me. In terms of looking at all of these CEOs, a lot of these are older people. They're from a generation with, with, with a very, they come from a generation with a very different population. What I'm more worried about right now are younger people. These institutions are actively explicitly trying to discriminate against them in terms of hiring. How? It's unfair. How? I don't like it. But even worse, this How? is not, we, it's, this is moving towards a country that is not going to be the country that we want. Well, no, 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 no. You say, we say the country that we want. I'm still trying to understand because you, you still haven't answered my question. Because but, Europeans build societies that everyone wants to come to, to be honest. Okay. Where are but, the Syrian refugees? Hold on, you said they're built invading, it. Where are they going? Who, 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 they're who, going to Central Europe. They're going built. You said built. Yes. Who, who, who built the railroads in America and allowed for us to have expansion out west? Who built that? Yes. I'm, a lot of Chinese people. No, no, like, but you, no, you said you, no, the operative word there was built. Built. Who built? Okay, who the, designed them? No, who no, had the genius wait, 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 to imagine wait, railroads? Wait, wait, European. Wait, the genius to imagine railroads. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know, but see, but you said. Are built. there railroads no, no, no. in Africa? You, you said yes. You said built. why? You because said you of said. Us. Hold on. You said for, okay. First of all, that is uh, absolutely for, true. First, you all, know first of all, the greatest genius when it came to the building of the pyramids. Which you, do you know what? Those they are white people, by the way. Who are white people? The uh, Egyptians are not African. I'm sorry. Do you know where Egypt is? Yes, it's in Where? North Africa. Okay, stop, stop. You, stop, stop right there. You just said that you said the Egyptians are not are, African. Are white South Africans no, African? Wait, wait. Yes, they, they are African. See, okay. okay, to be African means you come from the continent of Africa. So if you come from the continent of Africa, that's who you are. I'm, so that means you're an African. So, and you, and you, you do know, do you also deny science that man originated from Africa? Or do you say that that's false science? Uh, what are you talking about? I mean, what, what are you referring to? I'm talking science. archaeology. I'm talking biology. I'm talking science. In terms of the, the where did man originate? Where, scientists. Why scientists? Egypt was an amazing no, no, civilization. No, 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 it was say, not created no. by black Africans. I'm who, sorry. Who, was it? Who, who created it? People who are white. How, okay, how, how are people... You can, look no, no, at, you how, can how, actually look at art and they differentiate yeah, yeah. between races. No, no, i got to ask you a question. How do you... From do, ancient Egypt and art. You do know those were black people. You do know... Hey, you, you, you do know from science you can't get black from white you can get white from black you do know when it comes to evolution what? when it comes oh i see what you're saying do you you never studied science i, I see what you're yes i have no so but, 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 but i mean i'm but, not a scientist but, but, are man, you? but man originated in africa yes or no Th that is a consensus yes okay that's, so, that's if man, so if man originated in africa mm -hmm. which means that they were africans then all of a sudden, when you talk about uh, the uh, amazing works of the Egyptians, 
they were people of color. I know that's a little rough for you to handle, but I know you want to hold on to that somehow thinking whites built the pyramids, but I'm trying to understand. Yeah, we did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, because first of all, they were building things in Egypt while white Europeans were still in caves. Uh, that's a that, fact. That is a, the, I, that's a fact. Okay, sure. I, but I'm still, I'm still go back to. So what you, so you, you, you insist that somehow uh, that uh, whites are not getting jobs in America in, 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 this, in this rough. Are you afraid of competition? I, I, I am not afraid of competition. Competition can be good. That being said, are you what's afraid great? To compete? Are you, are you I think actually. To compete? Hold on, hold on. Are you afraid of some other television station beating you? No. I mean. You're not. Okay. You know why? Well, no, you know why? Because you're confident. That's no, no, great. no. No, so, not just, no, no, not just confident. Because, see, I have skill set. I understand what I do. See, but what you're telling right, me is this. It sounds like confidence. No, 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 no. What, what you're telling me is this here. You, Richard, here's what it sounds like. This is what it sounds like. And I'm not a psychologist. Can I finish my point? But you're afraid. You, you are afraid that you now are going to have to compete. What you, you've, had, you've had such a head start. You've had an 80-yard head start in a 100-meter dash, and now you're upset that people are catching up. Sure. Why are you so afraid? Sure, everyone likes to win. But to be honest, in terms of Donald, what, what's great about Donald Trump is that he hasn't been saying, oh, this is great global competition for all Americans, let's do it. No, he's actually said, I care about my people first. I Who's care my about people. Uh, I, he, he's referring to all Americans. When he says, my people first, America first, what he's saying is that he is going to help the people of this country first. But you don't he's want that. He's not going to throw them out to the wind. But you don't want that. You don't, you don't I, want... I, I just, you, yes, I do. No, I just so, said so, so, so you don't mind blacks and Hispanics and Asians, Native Americans getting jobs, doing well. You don't mind that? Of course I don't mind that. Okay, but, but, but you're so concerned that, 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 oh my God, why should I getting hired when that's not true? It's, it, clearly, whites are getting hired. My claim is that effectively every major institution in this country, from governmental institutions to uh, uh, corporations, are discriminating against how? whites and white when you, men. When you're majority white, they, they, they literally talk how? about it. If okay, if you so, believe so, so, if you believe so, so, race doesn't matter and that we're all equal and so on, then the Apple Corporation should be 65% white. In terms, it's it not. Hold up, hold up. You say it should be 65% white, but if Apple is saying it's, that we're... That we, Asians if are Apple, tremendously overrepresented. Because maybe if Asians are going and studying in those sectors, that's why. Right, but... but, but Sure, but I mean, you're just but, begging the question. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not, no, I'm not begging the question. What I'm saying is this: here, uh, why are more white? Why are they? No, 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 why no, are they no, going I into should, sciences and not? Oh, I mean, like, why are why, Asians succeeding in science? I want the Texas. Whereas a, Africans aren't. I, I want the Texas A&M. Why are more whites in agriculture? Uh, we have a natural, you know, tendency to do that. I don't no, know. No, you don't. First of all, black people actually out there sitting in cotton. Black people created agriculture. No, but we damn sure did the work. But here's my whole point yeah. here. Here's my whole point, which I'm trying to get you to understand. Okay. If you have more whites who are going into agriculture, again, I'm a Texas A&M University graduate. I grew up in Texas. Okay. Where? Uh, in Dallas. Okay. That, which part of Dallas? Uh, the white part. Which well, which part? There's a lot of white parts in Dallas. Uh, just uh, Preston Hollow. Yeah, yeah. I, I see exactly why, where your thought process comes from. Mm. Uh, that's, why, that's why you have the white country clubs there as well, because they don't want other people in there. Mm. But again, are there black churches? When I'm getting, black uh, country clubs? Are the black churches? Uh, black no, they have black country clubs where you have black people who play. Uh, but also, but aren't there black institutions that are black just what? for you? No, not just for us. Because the fact of the matter black is, churches those are just for you guys. No, actually, no. no that's no, great. Actually, but actually, no, it's not because there are black churches where you can come if you want to. Doesn't matter. It just like just.
just like if a white church would come. That's my point, but that's what it is. So you're factually incorrect. Here's my whole point. What's about agriculture? All, all there are more whites who are going into agriculture. Why? Because that's the area they're going into. So if Asians are going into a particular area, that's where they're going. You're, you're begging the question. All I'm saying is, why are Asians succeeding at these technical fields? Because why they're working is it? in it. It, because they're again, you're just begging questions. Like at some no, point, why, why are whites succeeding in agriculture? Let me finish. I'll, I'll ultimately get to this. The, it's, it's about human nature, and it's about their unique gifts. Asians are Asians unique, have a, unique gifts. Yes, East Asians have a higher, on average, IQ than Europeans. It's remarkable. It doesn't surprise me that they succeed at math. Uh, this is even science. Oh, that's a terrible stereotype. No, 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 no. I'm not using stereotypes. It, it is what it is. All I'm saying is here, Richard. The fact of the matter is here. This is this is actually why I would uh, I would want to restrict immigration of East Asians. It's not because I think I'm I'm afraid of them. I actually respect them. This, I respect their civilization. It's about protecting my people. This, that's this, what this, it's this, about. But here's the people. When you keep saying my people, then you say all Americans. When well, you're not talking about it, here's 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 the reality, Richard. The reality is here. You have to navigate between people you care you. about and all. I got so here's the deal, Richard. We're not going anywhere. And see, Richard, it's, gonna be, it's about to be a little tough for you. About to be a little, a little tough for you, Richard, because, see, you and your people have had a great head start. Tremendous head start. 20-odd Africans arriving in 1619. One second. 16, we did. 16, yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. When you have a head start, it means you're scared to compete. See, I know some other whites out there who are not white nationalists, who are not afraid of competition, who are not afraid of this. But here's the reality. We're not going anywhere. Right. And you might want to suck that up. And I know it's rough. I know it's rough. But I suggest what you should be doing, Richard, is preparing your generation for a world of competition where you have to actually, where you don't get the head start your mom and daddy gave you, uh -huh. that you're going to start uh, maybe not 80 yards ahead, but 30, but you know what? You may want to train harder, because we're training harder, and we're going to catch up. We're going to win. And also, you're not going to win, Mr. Richard. Martin, I want to tell you, you've got to prepare yourself. You've dealt with a bunch of guilt-ridden, silly whites no. all your life, and no. we are waking up. We are recognizing who we are, and we see an amazing future. Yeah, Richard, so think, you better get Richard, ready. I'm going to tell you right now, Richard, here's the deal. 1619, 20-odd Africans arrived, Fort Comfort, Virginia, mm -hmm. okay, 1619, 397 years ago. Mm -hmm. Trust me, we're resilient, we're not going anywhere, I, and I will tell you right here, and, and as, as my frat brother, Burton Woodson Tandy said, 1937, we will fight until hell freezes over, and then we will fight on the ice. You better go work out, because you got to fight on your hands. Thanks a bunch. Kickstart your day at 7. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> All right, that was um, an interview that um, Rowan Martin did with Mr. Richard Spencer. <laughs> Quite interesting, wasn't it? Oh, I know I found it interesting. I right, see you, Miss Lady. I'll get to you here real quick, real quick. Um, so, for those that don't know, Richard Spencer. Okay, he directs the National Policy Institute, which describes itself as dedicated to the heritage, identity, and future of people of European descent in the United States and around the world. Um, they have an ideology that's a mix of racism, white nationalism, and old-fashioned popularism. Um, and it also includes criticism of who claims that white Americans are under attack by minority groups. And um, he's part of the alt-right uh, movement, which basically means alternative right. And basically all of this, many believe, is a rebranding of white nationalism. So you heard the, 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 the um, interview. You heard what was said. Um, 
interesting. However, Roland Martin did say something I wanted to clear up, even though he said Richard Nixon did um, affirmative action. However, in 1961, President John F. Kennedy signed Executive Order 10925 that ordered the federally funded project, projects take affirmative action to ensure that applicants are employed and employees are treated, are treated during employment without regard to their race, creed, color, or national origin. Okay, so I just wanted to clear that up a little bit. But okay, phone lines open, 347-838-8622. Come on, y'all, talk to me. Let's have some fun today. Let me bring this lady into the house. This lady, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Dealing with a couple of things, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> anyway, um, hope you have a good Thanksgiving. I, mine was nice. Um, it was good. It was any, good. Yeah, okay. Well, you know when he uh, I have to get down the gentleman before he passed away. When he did write the um, legislation for the Philadelphia plan, he was instrumental in getting the affirmative action legislation passed. And he did work under both President, uh, I know, Nixon and Reagan. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, you know, I, uh, I would think that uh, Arthur Fletcher was actually the architect of the whole thing. But anyway, who was an African-American man, by the way. Right. Secondly, this, this Richard Spencer, he has... Mm-hmm. Rather a soft, lilty voice, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and if he would get into hand-to-hand combat with anybody, he would probably lose. Uh, but oh, you would expect him to do that. He would be absolutely unfair. Okay, he'd pull out some hidden knives and guns and everything else. Okay. Um, mm. Uh huh. Um, and he's no. He's. He's no mental giant. He's actually a, very, a mental midget. Um, and he kept mm-hmm. using, he kept throwing out, rolling tips, begging the question. He was not begging the question at all. What he was doing was throwing questions at him. Uh, yes, he, he hardly gave him any time to respond because he wasn't going to let him take over the interview and promote his racist agenda. But Roland Martin scored all the way through the interview. Um, so if this is the people, if this is the, the white masters that white people want to follow, they are following themselves right into hell. <laughs> they think it's bad now. Mm-hmm. That mental midget, they they are going to be quite foolish. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say. That's all you have to say. <laughs> that's it. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you wow. know what? And when he said that whites built and uh, created everything that's of any importance, that's that's a lie. And everybody knows it's a lie. Blacks invented so much they were not given patents. They invented um, products and, and services while actually while they were enslaved, and they couldn't invent it from uh, of it uh, from that. There's been many uh, inventions that black people have created and designed. And they were stolen and taken. Mm. So, well, you know, he says that black people, white people were the only creators of the universe. He's absolutely, you know, these people just want to remain delusional. It's like they have <laughs> such a deep-seated need to, need to remain delusional so that they can 
feel superior to other races of people, which is a sickness. That's a sickness. That's a spiritual and mental psychological sickness. Mm. Would would that be really considered a sickness, or is it is it more? Would you consider it more fear? Because they do see well, a turning of the tide. Absolutely, fear. There is absolutely fear. They're very brave. I mean, all their actions have demonstrated that, you know, throughout the years, you know. So you don't treat other people the way um, non-white people have been treated unless it's based on fear, but also it's based on, um, you know, when you go in and you conquer and you destroy and you take over, and, and then you're justifying this, what is this, um, this destiny principle, well, this is my destiny to be conquered, that means, and they attribute qualities like we are the best, we're in the right, this is our, you know, this is a justifiable position we place ourselves in simply because we've gone in and conquered. You've gone in and destroyed is what you've done. That's very dark. It's very evil. At the end of the day, I obviously believe they're going to lose. They're going to lose big time. At the end of the day, all evil regime, all evil uh, regimes will fall. They will. Hmm. And so, and so, if they want to follow behind somebody that's spouting that 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 delusional lying uh, rhetoric based on fear and evil, they're absolutely you know cutting their own throats and their children's throats and their legacy. That's what they're doing. Hmm. So you know, it, it, you know mm-hmm. no. Go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, it's just it's just that simple. It's not it's not difficult. Again, yeah. he's a mental midget with a little mm. voice. <laughs> wow, you know it, it's okay. interesting that, that that you say that, and you know um, this this movement here. Is basically an internet movement. It's not like, um, you know, the Ku Klux Klan and, and organizations like that that do their marches or what have you. You know, usually they meet secretly and, you know, they mainly do a lot of their work online in mains or what have you. But it, it, just to sit, and I thought the interview was interesting, but just to sit there and listen to him try to explain and then get shot down at different points and then come back and, and, and the more he tried to explain the more his real thought process began to, to um, display itself. And it was interesting because you're like, um, yeah, but you know, what, what, what do you, I'm like, Roma, what do you have to fear? You have, you have the majority of, of everything. So what is there to fear? What is there to fear? Is there really a, 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 a point to where they, the, the, the dominant culture, the European culture has to fear the African-American now to where we are, we are just to that point to where we're ready to take over? Well, African-Americans have always been the scapegoats for all of their fears, anxieties, depression. So we're the obvious scapegoats. They're afraid. They're not afraid of African-Americans taking over. We don't have the percent of the population. They're afraid of African-Americans plus everybody else but them. But they're putting, but they're, um, as usual, you know, sort of usual agenda, they're targeting African-Americans, you know, because we're kind of like an easy target. 
you know, based on the history in this country and of being enslaved and the Jim Crow laws and so on and so forth. So it's easy. But they're afraid of the world changing. They're afraid they're not going to have jobs, living wage jobs with benefits. They're afraid of competition. They're afraid of the immigrants coming in. They're afraid that the jobs are being outsourced, that they used to do all those factories and manufacturing jobs are gone. You know they're going to end up having driverless trucks, so there won't be the need for truck drivers. Uber is trying out driverless cars. I mean, it's going to be a heavily robotized society. It won't take that long, and they are afraid. They're afraid they won't be able to live and take care mm. of themselves and their families. But what they're doing is they're scapegoating. Mm. Instead of, as long as you don't deal with the real issue and the real problem, you'll never solve it. What you're going to do is spend your time and energy uh, <laughs> on targeting a group that has nothing to do with your own fear. Mm. Mm. That, that, that's that's pretty pretty good there miss lady <laughs> that's pretty good you know but uh, i you know he did mention immigration immigrants and things of that nature and I, i'm sitting here thinking like but wait a minute you know you, you're, you're putting out there um that um one thing but what you're failing to realize is um your people your dominant culture are the ones that's allowing and bringing the immigrants Allowing the immigrants to come into the country, so what you you're beginning to fear is something that your own people are doing. Um, moving well, to the black community, okay. but but they never. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They deal in delusion and not reality, and that's why the problem is going to continue to get worse because they're not dealing with that reality. You know. Mm-hmm. Like like Roland Martin brought up, you know, the heads of these corporations, these board members, they're not black people. But see, they're, mm. not, they're, too, they're not going to take on those people and demand certain, you know, uh, jobs and that kind of thing. No, they're going to target African Americans. That's what you call a coward. That's what you call a punk. That's what you call delusional. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, people, you know you know how the man goes to the job, he gets harangued by, you know, his boss, whatever he comes home, takes a drink, kicks the dog, you know, screams at the wife. You know, he's not gonna confront the boss, but he's he'll come home and look at somebody else and kick around. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I agree, and, and you know, you you can take it and, and put that into, um, let's say, the the uh, election, the political game. You know, like as I was mentioning earlier in the show, uh, they, these folks stand on stage and and call each other bad names, say all kind of rotten things about each other. But as soon as one is elected, you know, and, and it's time to start, you know, giving out jobs, they're right there accepting them. <laughs> you know, so instead of instead of um, 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 what word am I looking for? In other words, the status quo remains no matter what what happens or who's elected. The status quo is still the same, basically. And I think that's where a lot of this, all of a sudden, this this excitement or um, false bravado shows are is showing up now with these type of groups that just feel free to come out and have their meetings and, you know, um, demonstrate or what have you, 
because they feel like they are once again back in power. Now, um, well, you know what? Hillary Clinton called them the deplorables, okay? Mm-hmm. Which I understand what she means, you know. And it's the same kind of, you know, he's speaking kind of very elementary. He's speaking on the mm-hmm. level of, of like, you know, really like a fifth grader, sixth grader, so that these people, uh, you know, he's kind of appealing to the common man that's not really formally educated, that's power. You know what I'm saying? And they're feeling okay. comfortable with him. So he knows what he's doing. I still think he's a mental midget. You know, it's kind of like Donald Trump. He spoke in language the common man would understand. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't mm-hmm. formal. He was, you know, he's not no everyday guy. You know, I'm Joe Blow, but he spoke to the Joe Blow. And they wanted to identify with that. Donald Trump is far from Joe Blow. He wouldn't give Joe Blow the time of day, really. So, but, you know, they feel like, okay, um, he cares about us. He's one of us. He's wealthy, but he's one of us, you know. Okay, we'll <laughs> see. All righty. Um, so, you know, as, as the African-American community, um, looking and listening to individuals like that, um should we be afraid or should we just, you know, just say, oh, whatever, just another nutcase. Let's go on and uh, mobilize and do what we need to do. No, or is it a little bit fear. of fear? You don't live in fear. I mean, what was more fearful than being put on slave ships in the way they were transported and folks dying and on top of each other and having birth like that and chained up and no, no toilet facilities and, and then being um uh, Heart and sold and whipped and worked to death and uh, raped and both the men and the women, babies tossed to alligators. What could be more fearful than that? We made it through that. This should not put fear in black people. You know what oh, okay. you're dealing with and you have your plan and you keep living <laughs> your life. Mm. You know what, and I, what I you agree. have to do and stay focused on what's important. Mm. You know what I'm saying? With that right there What is important I guess that that is a question That we need to have answered huh? What is important Well you know I think there's some basic Universal things that Should be important where, or, You know most people find important If they're you know normal thinking Individuals so that's taking care of themselves As well as they can and that they're ones that they care about and love as well. So can can extend that to others. Being a positive, positive force in 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 where you flow, in where you live, in where you work, you know, in the world. Being something of being constructive, not destructive. Hmm. And that can include you know all the various areas of people activity. And uh, learning and growing and becoming knowledge, knowledgeable, not evil and not mean, but knowledgeable and wise. And Mm. sharing that with people that that care to listen. Mm. Okay. So in the the end game is basically uh, the more knowledge we gain, the more stronger we will become. Knowledge well, is strength. We share that Correct. knowledge, and we make and we take action based on that knowledge, knowing we don't know it all. We fall from know it all. 
they have so much mm. to learn. But having the mindset that that's very important, you know, when things happen, you'll see it before it happens. You'll know what's coming. You know, you'll know how to position yourself as much as you can. You know, we're really right. not in control of very much. People, you know, that's the problem. People think they're in control of a whole lot, and they're not in control of very much. So, mm-hmm. you know, and understanding that. But, no, not living in, in fear and anger and destructive thinking and wanting to destroy other people, when you do that, you're destroying yourself. You're going over to the dark side. Mm. <laughs> the dark side, huh? That's real, you know, the dark side. <laughs> you, know, you know what's so interesting, though? And, and you just hit a, a very good point. Um when you said um, black people aren't really in control of much, but and and if you really look at the whole situation, individuals like Mr. Spencer and his little group, you know, they really don't control anything either, at all. Not, but no, yet, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so you know, it, it's it's very interesting um, to get all this 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 rev up or, or this excitement up. But in the bottom, the bottom line is. They aren't. They can't control no more than we can, you know. Pretty much, no, you know. Unless, no. unless you you're in that in that circle um, uh, of the the top one percent, <laughs> you know. And, and the top one percent, there there are folks behind them controlling that. There right, are right. Behind them that we don't, we'll never know who they are, and so. Oh, yeah. Know, well, we just, we know we just can't get to them, <laughs> but we know who it is. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you know we're far down below on the second order, okay? <laughs> and here they are, you know, pointing fingers at black people and you know decrying their uh, way of life that's been eroded and being eroded. And, it's it's really sad, really, to be honest. It's but just let, sad. Let, let, let me ask you this question, Miss Lady, because you're 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 um I'm not gonna say a fan, but you know, you, you watch Donald Trump and, and you know, you do like the way he, he brings itself. So what is it about him that has brought for the lack of a better word, the crazies out of the woodwork all of a sudden? What is it him that makes them feel that they are now in a position to where they can have a quote unquote their country back. Because of the messages, the coded words he used. And when people were, um, were assaulted that opposed him, you know, instead of saying that's not right, oh, I'll pay for your legal bills, you know, when that black man was assaulted. So what he's mm. doing is by not opposing that kind of behavior and by and using coded words racially, uh, historically racially charged code words, he's letting them know that it's okay. That's what they think. He's, I don't know what Donald Trump is the real thinking is, but he did what he needed to do to get elected, and he spoke to those people which far outnumbered. I, well, actually, no, because Hillary Clinton got, two, I understand, two million more votes than he did with the electoral mm. college that voted him in. Mhm. Exactly. <laughs> that is a very so good that, point. So who's really running things? You see what I'm saying? And who are mm. behind these electoral people? You see what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying you don't control much. You don't control anything. 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I wonder how. Them actually understand the political system that they're under. <laughs> that, you know, we're all under, actually. Because I'll make this point here. Um, because me and my dear friend, we always talk about it. The feudalism stuff. And if you take and really look at the I'm sorry, and move a couple of names, move a couple of names and things out now. Feudalism right now. Oh yeah, me and the Vietnam were talking uh, 20 years ago, and we both uh, said we saw feudalism coming down the pipe. That's what they were. They wanted was feudalism. That you know, that was 20 years ago, and, and it was clear, you know, and they were having all those power outages and people were dying, and they were laughing about it, and you know. They had old ladies dying. Uh, they were, you know, 90 years old, 100 years old because they uh, they had turned off their air conditioning and they they, they had on the uh, on the news on the internet how those um, uh, utility uh, men uh, who were behind the manipulation of the energy they were laughing. So mm-hmm. it, it became clear, you know, the things that they were doing, and you know, you could see all the outsourcing and the insourcing and. Mm-hmm. That's not in the classroom spoken, but that's what it was about. Mm. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, what about affirmative action? You know, that was mentioned a lot in there as well. How do you feel about that? Is it time to to let that go? And has it done anything? Um, um, well, it has say- let go. There's no affirmative action for black people anymore. I mean, black people, when have we really ever been affirmed in the society? Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall. <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> well, uh, you know, groups like, like that one actually feel as though it, it, that has been the case. That has uh, been the case. Well, like, like, you know, they're just delusional. <laughs> they're afraid to deal with reality. They're delusional. Mhm. Wow. You know, um, we just mentioned feudalism a little bit ago, and uh, I'm looking at the, the picture right now, and it shows medieval feudalism and corporate feudalism, which you know, basically where we are. And just looking at the chart, it's just it, it's interesting because you got the monarchs, you have the central bankers, you have the landed gentry, you have the big bankers, uh, the clergy, corporate elite. Royal ministers, the elected officials, uh, which would um, Trump would fall right on into the merchants, the top bureaucrats, vassals, top professionals, you know, the athletes and things of that nature. And then after that, you have everyone else. <laughs> you just have everyone else, you know. And if, if you look at it in, in that sense, that's where we are today in, in, in this society. I don't care how you try and twist it or what have you. It, it, that's where we are. You know, central bankers. The, the bankers are the ones who run the, the, the show. You know, they run it, and they control, you know, who does what and when and where. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but there yeah. are people, don't you think, the forces behind the bankers that are directing the bankers. They're evil. I believe there's actually evil entities behind a lot of it, and people are deriving power and money to, to uh, carry out the agenda. And, you know, that's just me. That's just my thinking. Mm-hmm. 
my uh, but my perspective. But because it's just become to it's very if you really think how you know, if you think about what's going on throughout the world, through the ages, there has to be something more than just flesh and blood. Mm. There has to be. Mm. So okay. so yeah, uh huh. But I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Well, you don't have to just leave it at that. It's written Friday. We can talk about that. So, so you you you're basically getting into to the um the the, the uh, spiritual end of it as well now. So you you believe this mm-hmm. is a lot of that have to do with it as well. Well, what does that Ephesian scripture say? Your fight isn't about about flesh and blood. It's about powers and principalities in the heavenly realm. And I absolutely believe it's true. Mm. Mm. I think people are being used as tools mm-hmm. for, for a bigger agenda. But I don't know what ultimately that agenda is. Well, I mean, that's, you know, the, the I mean, bigger feudalism, agenda. yeah, but what, what, but what is it after the feudalism is accomplished? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, actually, you can say that has already been accomplished. Um, agenda 21, the New World Order agenda. Can the, wouldn't that fall well, right in, in place? Well, you know, the Nazi Germany, you know, they had to have the ID. They had to be off the streets at a certain time. People were turning in their their relatives and loved ones and neighbors uh, to get mm-hmm. uh, carted off. Um, right. You know, there were heavy rations. There was just a lot of heavy-duty, oppressive uh, control with men with guns and dogs, German shepherds. A lot of fences going up. There, you know, you could, you know, you were controlled as to where you could travel. You had to, you know, all of that. So, though, it could hmm. get a whole lot worse. Well, I mean, if you look at it, we've already had instances of that here in, in, in the United States. Um, prime well, example... Not- Huh? Not to that extent. Not to that of course, extent. Of, of course not. And here's why. Because at, at this point in time, the, the, it can't be done. It cannot be done um, in a mass fashion at this moment. So there's times we have to choose and pick when, you know, you're going to do certain things or try this to see how this works, who's going to um, who's gonna go along with it, who's going to fight it. Um, a simple case is, is those protesters out in North Dakota over the pipeline. You know, yeah, but they're really getting messed up. They they, yes, uh, they, they turn on them recently. They turn water. They turn water guns on them. You know, they've been sicking dogs on them. They've been macing them. I mean, even shooting and killing some of them. So, um, of course, you, you're not hearing anything about that. But once again. You know, there's there people. It's a times where it's picked and 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 tried out just to see who's gonna um, fight back and who's not. <laughs> you know, but of course the the, the mainstream. Um, well, I'm not gonna say mainstream people. Most people, citizens in this country anyway, aren't even paying attention to it because they're like, oh well, they just out there is a bunch of nuts again. Um, but if you pay attention to what's going on overseas, they have same things going overseas. In France, in fact, they just moved a whole camp of, of refugees out of one area and put them somewhere else, like a, a, a for lack of a better word, a concentration camp. You know, what I'm saying for their safety, 
Now, we've heard that before as well. But once again, if it's being tried overseas, you can, you can pretty much guarantee it's headed this way in one form or another. But I got a couple of callers want to get in here, so let me get them in here real fast. Let me bring um, Sister Ngoni into the show, and I want to bring Area Code 347 into the show as well. Welcome to the show, y'all. How you doing today? Happy Friday to you. Hey, Mr. Hey, Talk. You. How are you doing? It's uh, East Coast, Miss Lady. I mean, West Coast. <laughs> I get East Coast and West Coast mixed up. Hey, I just wanted to comment real briefly uh, on the uh, wonderful um, clip that you shared. Oh, my goodness. I think that this Richard Spencer, and I agree with uh, what Miss Lady said, we shouldn't live in fear, but I think it, to be wise – uh, we shouldn't dismiss this kind of rhetoric um, uh, as you know, not to be uh, concerned with. And the reason I say that is based on history. Because, you know, as they say, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, first of all, what happened in Nazi Germany, Hitler learned what he did to the so-called Jews from America. That's mm. been documented in history. He learned from the extermination of the indigenous people of the land. And he implemented mm. that. And he also whipped up people like Richard Spencer. Um, and what I think that the um, clip illustrated very well was because Roland did a good job of being factual and uh, countering uh, his rhetoric with facts. Unfortunately, these kind of people are not using factual information. Obviously, it's based on their perception, just like during slavery times, they justified it by legal uh, means and otherwise even uh, conjured up ideas that somehow they were civilizing the savages. You know, uh, same thing they did with the indigenous people. There's no good Indian but a dead Indian. So they always justify their evil deeds, but it's not by facts, of course. You know, we've had bell curve books and all kinds of different ideologies to justify evil things. That's where the concept of race come from, from some mm. a German named Blumenbach and others who created the concept of different races, uh, Caucasoid, Mongoloid, Negroid, so they could justify all the evil they had done all over the globe. And I think the fear that is in the people that like to use the word minority when they know daggone well they're the minority on the planet, that's what they're afraid of. That's what they've always been afraid of, as Dr. Frances Quest Welsing uh, expressed in her uh, work, the ISIS papers. So what is he afraid of? They're, people that think like him are afraid of losing their, their, their perch, their, their, you know, their head start, as uh, mm -hmm. Roland was saying. Uh, and so I think uh, that uh, we should take that kind of rhetoric seriously. We should not live in fear, but I think we should re recognize our vulnerability as a people in this particular part of the world. And also, I'm so glad, uh, Mr. Talk, to hear you bringing up to what's going on, you know, around the world, because the movement of people uh, like the immigrants coming from Syria, and I noticed Richard Spencer tried to bring that up, but Roland, he um, didn't get a chance to elaborate on it. And I agree with Miss Lady, because he didn't want to let him, you know, just um, perpetuate his 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 white supremacist ideology. Um, but, you know, I've listened to a lot of um, uh, discussions, like from Red Ice Creations and other uh, pretty good shows where they're discussing white genocide. And I noticed, I think you brought it up, Mr. Talk, 
that the people, you know, discussing it usually don't comment on the fact that it's uh, their people that are facilitating the movement of these people who are drowning in the Mediterranean. Uh, you know, I mean, isn't that comparable to what happened during the Triangle slave trade? Isn't that the same thing? I'll cease there. I don't want to go on too long. <laughs> well, you, you, that's a good point. I, I never thought about it like that, but that is an absolutely great point. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and conversations me and you have had in the past, you know, we have often said that, um, and, and thanks to you, is one reason why I begin paying attention more to what's been going on across the water because it's a sign or a precursor to what's eventually coming headed this way. Um, hmm. But let me bring um, um, Brother Ed into the conversation as well. All right, Ed, are you there? I guess it's not Ed. All right, 347. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right, what's up, my brother? What's happening with you? Hey, I'm uh, fine, fine. This is Hotep Kenyatta calling. Okay, Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Hotep. (laughs) Anyway, what's up? I thought you meant me. I said, he must be talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that the situation is pretty obvious in terms of what brown, black, Moorish, um, so-called Africans are going through, which is a system of oppression. And, you know, we, we know the drill. Uh, it's important to also look at it from a historic perspective and not simply from the slightly over 400 possible years in America, nor Alexander the Great's conquest of Egypt, but to look back to over 100,000 years ago, Homo sapiens sapiens in Africa. And of course, there were two major migrations out, and some of us ended up in what we now call North America, then later the Central America, South America, Caribbean, and others ended up in China, India, etc. And some ended up in the Caucasus Mountains in what we call today Europe, named after the, I think it was a Phoenician goddess, Europa. Um, so we're all basically family, but that's a very difficult thing to digest when our people are so oppressed, typically by the elites in the Anglo community. Because if you look at the groups that controlled who was sent to Australia, who was sent to the Caribbean, who was sent to America, etc., they were popes and royal families who sent their criminals basically abroad. So today, and I'm jumping, of course, to today, it behooves us to realize that if we simply think of skin color as a determining factor in a person's central nervous system, peripheral nervous system wiring, it's a flawed concept because we're basically all family. Now, getting past that behooves us to realize that most of our heroes were very inclusive, Martin Luther King, eventually even Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, Muhammad Ali. And when you look at the transatlantic slaves, trades, woe, and how the Underground Railroad was perpetrated, that might not be the right word, but how it occurred, it took white, well, Anglo-Americans to assist. So my position is one of inclusion with an expectation of educating more people to the need, of course, 
COINTELPRO, et cetera, people, we still have to be careful, but many of the COINTELPRO operatives were black, brown, had dreadlocks, and spoke with eubonics and seemed like they were down. Um, so even though I work with separatists who say, I don't want no white people in the group, I'm more of a, um, you know, integrationist. But beyond talking, it's now the point for action. So during the holidays, people can barter. Imagine how much money we could take out the system if you got some chicken wings and I got some rice and we bought it. If I have an old computer, you have an old TV, and we're like, yo, let's barter. Imagine how much we could take out. Imagine if we didn't depend on the two-party system, if we looked at the Green Party or if we created a new party. Imagine creating our own United Nations to shadow the existing United Nations, which is supporting a codex that is taking all our food rights away and helping to toxify our foods. So in addition to knowledge, until we act on that knowledge, at some point it just becomes rhetoric. And so for some people, the knowledge is great because they don't know this stuff. But for many of us, we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, we know this. What are we going to do? And that's kind of where I'm at. Spend more time doing in an intelligent manner and uh, making some changes. So we got to bust it out and do some positive. Thanks, bro. Okay, <laughs> thank you, um, Sister Ngoni or Miss Lady. You want to comment anything um, what the hotel just said? Well, I think what he said makes a lot of sense, and um, I would like to preference all of my remarks. I'm not xenophobic. However, um, getting back to his remarks, um, I, I think we will be forced to do those things, and I think there are many people and groups that are working. Um, you know, to, to find solutions to problems um, in various, you know, elements of life. I think that's just normal, and that's what people do. Um, but as things become more intense, I think you'll see more people would be willing to cooperate. However, unfortunately, and as I said, I repeat, I'm not xenophobic. Um, you know, uh, I don't judge people just by the, the color of their body suit. Um, but I'm focusing on Richard Spencer and his mentality or ideology, and I agree that it probably comes from fear. Uh, and so uh, I've seen comments, you know, on various videos and so forth of where you people have had a free ride and we're waiting for you. We're armed and ready. And see, I mean, that's the kind of, you know, how are you going to get those people to cooperate when they convince themselves that they are the uh, supreme beings of the planet? Uh, even though, like it's been said, they don't have any power. We're be, all being manipulated by some beings or entities that perhaps we can't even see. I'll stop there. By the way, I wasn't <laughs> referring to the good sister. Um, I call about 100 shows every month or two. I have my own show also. So I, I come with a, a predetermined um, philosophy and mindset. So I apologize if I spoke as though I was, my, I was referencing her. I oh no, sir! I didn't take that that way at all. Oh, I just cool. wanted so to clarify. Yeah, yeah, I didn't good. take it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I just get kind of, I, I get kind of, uh, brother uh, Hotep. I get kind of intense sometimes, and <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that you know when I, yeah. if I go off, people don't think I'm it's from hatred or anything or anger or anything like that. By the way, that intensity is all justified. I think we all come to the table handling the problem in different ways. I personally meditate and do other forms of art to try and focus my anger because if I didn't, I'm sure I would be 
pretty uh, knocking people over the head. However, we need that intensity, even if someone meditated. So even mm-hmm. eubotics, I would go to meetings and people are speaking the slave language so eloquently, and I often raise the question, how come none of, no one here talks straight up like, yo, what's up, man, I'm here because blah, blah, blah. We have become so divided, we don't realize that each person brings something to the table and, you know, whether someone's angry or speaking eubonics or French or Creole, it's the same enslavement, and we need to put our egos on the side and listen to each other. Mm, great That's beautiful, beautiful. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, great points. All right, let me bring uh, JC into the conversation. All right, Mr. JC, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay, good. Okay, I, I want to make comment because I was not going to make comment. I was going to take a sabbatical away from you for a while. But anyway, we're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you made comment of, of, of uh, people not going out purchasing weapons and stuff. I don't think no one should purchase weapons under fear, but people should have weapons no matter what. And I kind of took a, a, a left step when you made that comment. Now, it, it seemed as though you you might have tried to put or not try or accidentally put um, people in a submissive state, kind of like a preacher did when you told them you you were basically like uh, I can't um, quote you on it, but you were stating don't go buy weapons and you know maybe, no. maybe things would get better or whatever. No, but, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Okay. Let, okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm, here. I'm here. So, so let let, let okay. me clarify first. Okay. Okay. So, so hopefully I can clarify. And, and what I said was, you can go and buy your weapons. That's what I said. Go and buy them. If you're gonna buy them, buy mm-hmm. them. You know, make sure you're legal. Um, make sure mm-hmm. you understand the laws or what have you of owning that weapon. Um, and be mm-hmm. careful when you decide to use it because the system is set up to. Railroad you into one of these private institutions. Basically, that's what I said, and what I meant when I said. Oh, well, you know, I mean, if that's what you said, but you know, I'm just taking the way you said it. You know, uh-huh. yeah, give me a right. break here. Give me a break here. You know how man you are. You know, we we're gonna disagree. That's just how it is. You know, but I still love you, brother. You know, it, it's it's kind of like when the soldiers came back after the Civil War. The first thing they thought to do is take the weapons away from the black soldiers because mm-hmm. they were afraid. You know, and, and we're still people are still in that mental state themselves because. Like in your state of Texas, it has uh, uh, most of the um, the Caucasians there have about 732,000 registered gun owners. Now, you multiply that by three or four because, you know, um, they are fanatics. You know, Mm -hmm. you see the power that they have around there. And then you take the amount of blacks in your state of Texas, registered users, 6,000 and something. And you multiply that times three. Not to say that you don't have a lot of black people without weapons, but if you have people with registered weapons uh, against people that don't have registered weapons, uh, registered weapons, of course they're going to get beat upside the head quicker and shot down quicker. You know, mm-hmm. so it, the odds are always going to be like that because those type of people are always going to be afraid. 
they're always going to be afraid. That's just in that nature. That's just in that history, you know, just like they're afraid that people are going to forget about them because they want a white history month. And just so happens, I thought about that two days ago, all on YouTube, they're crying about one of white history month. So guess what? I'm going to give them a white history month on YouTube on, on that channel and let them know what their white history month is. Well, combine it all in centuries and make it into one month. They want it. Mm. You know, you've got to be careful mm. what you ask for, you know. True. But um, I just want to kind of make 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 comment on that. And that Roland Martin piece, i got to go, go and look at the actual interview. That, that was on TV One, right? Yeah, that was the interview. That was the, the complete oh. interview, interview. That was it. Oh, okay. Now, see, I have a little problem with little Martin. You know, Martin is okay, but the only problem I had with him was he got himself in in a little mess when he went and got that sent that um that those questions to uh Donna Brazil, which I didn't think was right. I don't like when our people get in those type of positions and then they go do some crooked underhanded stuff, you know? And she put herself in a hot seat when she also did that also. Now that's the thing I didn't like about what Martin did. And now he's having problems with T V one and they want to investigate him now. Well, <laughs> oh my, my, my! I'm, I'm, I'm gonna save judgment on that or, or comment on that until I go and check that out. But I have my own thoughts behind that. Um, you, you, let's remember now, um, Roland Martin was a very outspoken against um, um, Donald Trump while he was running, and, and the Republican oh, yeah. Party. I mean, very outspoken. So, um, oh yeah, you know, it would, I mean, it would, it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't be surprised. Surprising if, I mean, I, you know, I, he was under investigation right now. Huh? Go ahead. I mean, I like I, I like Martin. I mean, it's no, I had no problem with him. You know, he he, he wasn't mm-hmm. my guy from Chicago. But the thing of it is, is I don't like when our people get in those positions, okay? And they they're in perfect positions to do a lot of stuff, but then they get, um, they lose track and they lose sight. And then they mm. think they can get away with the smallest thing, but they don't understand that the magnifying glass on us is ten times more. See, see, right, right. those, those, the, see, see, white people, they have no, no honor. There's no honor among thieves. You see, mm. but they don't, mm. they don't want anyone of a different color to, to steal because if you, if you become a better thief, then you can steal from them. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, can I say something, no. please, about um, okay, okay, just point, just a moment, briefly about oh. guns. Oh, sorry. Okay, just a moment. Um, you, you know what, JC, and, and that's interesting uh, um, that you mentioned that. Um, here's my question: when, even just without even knowing the just, the, you know, the stuff over there, um, how did he get the questions? Somebody had to give it to them, correct? No, he was um, there. He was there. He was where? He was at the, the uh, um, you talking about Roland, right? He was at the town yeah. hall meeting. He was actually there. Okay. So, I mean, how did he get the question to give to Donald Brazil? That's what I'm saying. How did he, he get, got it get them? No, because he was part of the kind of like the sit down, the questions and stuff they go through. That's what they do. They have to figure out the questions that they are going to ask, you know, the tough mm-hmm. questions or the questions that's going to get you know, the serious answer. And what he did mm-hmm. is he took one of those, one or two of those questions, I think about one, and he sent it to Donna Brazil. 
because you know he he was on a show with uh, with Donna Brazil. He they like pretty good friends, but he should not have okay. done that. He should not have okay. tried to do anything to help any one of those politicians because he should have stayed in his lane. Okay, I understand your point. I understand your point. Well, I'll save this. Go ahead, brother. Who tap? I want you. You said you wanted to say something about guns. Go ahead. Yeah, the brother uh, mentioned guns, and um, some of my colleagues, because I'm not really a big supporter of necessarily focusing on guns, they think, oh, I'm scared, oh, you, you, you're afraid. It has nothing to do with fear, actually. It has to do with an approach that realizes that even China and Russia, with all their weapons, aren't going to try and step to America. I think guns play a very minuscule role in our liberation. I think if we work together from an economic perspective and negotiated with Venezuela, negotiated with other regions to work with our protection, um, looked into investing in our own spaceships, opened more of our own schools, supported our farms, farms, that makes a lot lot more, um, I think, sense than brothers trying to just lock and load. We cannot win a military battle against the most powerful military and police force in history. It's, it's impossible unless a little guy comes from the sky and helps us out, and that is statistically improbable. But I think we can win an economic battle, and we can win an educational battle, and we can win a cultural battle. So I'm for self-defense, but I think it should be low on the totem pole regarding guns. I think up on the totem pole should be education, economics, health, the essentials. Can I make comment to that real quick? It's just going to be something real quick. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't talking about everybody go get locked and loaded. But see, we still have to understand. See this that kumbaya stuff. You know, I, I don't get that. It's like okay, kumbaya, bam, you're gone. So what, kumbaya? Okay, what did that do? It did nothing. It, and kumbaya still haven't done anything it, because we see it happening now with Mr. Trump in there, and then everybody using the N-word, using the wetback word, everything else against everybody else. This kumbaya stuff is just, it, it sounds like, you know, going to, to a church where you know everybody up in there all messed up anyway, and they're pretending. It's, it's about, you know, also, if they have 735,000, it's not the, the thought of just going get guns to be prepared for them. It's that you have... A, a right to bear arms. I bear arms, and I guarantee you, Mr. Talk, you bear arms too. I'm not crazy because you retired just like I did. So it, it's it's not about sitting back and and continue to to let other people take advantage of of something that you have the God given right to do yourself. You know, just because they say, hey, you know, they're running people through the prison system is so they won't be able to purchase weapons, so they won't be able to carry it legal. That's why you got so many um, brothers and sisters out there that are having these weapons. But it's not about a kumbaya thing and sit back and wait for somebody else to just blow your brains out and say, oh, well, well, kumbaya the next 10 years, and it'll be okay, and we'll talk nice and smooth, and, you know, we'll tap dance a little bit and make everybody feel good and show how passive we are. We've been passive for, for God knows when. And, and where I, have passivity got you? Got us nowhere. 
how is talking economics and educational empowerment passive and kumbaya? You kind of move the goalposts. I wasn't saying people sit back and wait for something to happen. I'm saying that as opposed to the gun movement, making some economic moves. For example, what are the chances of someone coming in your house tonight and robbing you? Versus what are the chances of you and someone on the radio doing a venture together, putting $50 together. So I'm saying if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, it's not likely that I'm going to walk down the street and somebody's going to mess with me. But it's likely that I'll encounter other black people, which I do, and I speak to many of them, and we work on projects together. That's my point. It's low on the totem pole for me talking about guns. It's high on the totem pole talking about education and working together. And it's not kumbaya. It's not that I'm afraid of anybody. You said the same thing some of my friends tell me. I knew it would be kind of the mindset, oh, you're talking kumbaya. No, ain't no kumbaya holding hands. It's about economic empowerment and education. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's fine and dandy. I'm not saying you and your kumbaya, but what I'm saying is there are other people out here who don't want to do kumbaya, and everybody, they should have that same level of, of of respect for for one other one another's belief, you know. So if someone wants to bear arms, they should bear arms. The ones that want to kumbaya and go and concentrate on education and everything else, or not the kumbaya part, if they want to concentrate on that, then they go and do their thing. And the others that want to do their thing at the same time, let them handle that part. Because evidently, you know, everybody is not going to work together the same. Everybody has their own ideas. Because if every, if one person had that perfect idea or 10 or 20, then the world would not have any worries. But just so happens, it's not like that. So, therefore, you're going to have those, as, you know, as you put it, may want to lock and load. That's fine. And then you may have those that want to kumbaya. And then you have those that want to be in, in school getting education until they come across that and say, hey, guess what? You're not getting any more funds. Or guess what? You don't have the right to teach these kids unless they're in one of our schools. And they knock it down, put a lock on it. What you're going to do? Either you're going to stand out there and be kumbaya in, in, in front of a building that's tearing down, or you're going to lock and load. But you're not, you're not really presenting an honest response. You gave three responses, lock and load, kumbaya, or get education, and then they shut it down. There are fourth and fifth responses that you're totally ignoring. I'm not saying wait on them to educate anybody. I'm saying we educate ourselves. We work on our own economics, and you're totally oblivious to that response. I'm sure you again ignore it. No, I'm not totally oblivious to that. It's just that my, my thoughts are not like yours. If yours was perfect, then guess what? You would snap your fingers, and then everybody would fall in line with you. But I never so said mine was perfect. I, I understand. Sir, I, I, I understand it. But what I'm saying is you believe what you want to. I, I care less, but I'm going to believe what I want to. You're and taking it you, personal. You're taking uh, it too personal. Okay. Really? I, I'm, I, you know, I don't, really, I don't even like black women. Bye. Wow. <laughs> I see. Wow. Well, yeah, no, I was just trying to say that was being unnecessary. honest. Yeah, There's nothing but, like yeah. honesty, right? Right. Hey. Mm. I'm taking mm-hmm. personal. That's his, that's his feelings and his his opinion, his perspective. So, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, we, we cannot really, without our
from from Africa to today, it is the female. In fact, from a genetic position, it's the female that really carries the most powerful chromosome. So when we disregard and make things very uh, patriarchy, male-dominated, right there we're flawed, and that's a part of the problem with the European system also. If you don't have the female at the center of what's happening, at least equal to the male, then you're basically headless. So when the brother made that comment, it's totally a part of his position with the guns and the anti-female. It's kind of like, you know, females sit down and put on some slippers and do some cooking. And what's underneath that fear? Yeah, yeah. Because if we really understood our females, we'd understand their power, right? And we'd understand that together we can succeed in a very big way. I was simply trying to say that don't give options that exclude other options. All options are on the table, and some of us choose to go with A and B. Some go with C and D. But it would be unfair for me to say, well, brothers don't have a right to have guns. That would be preposterous. I just choose right. not to promote that position because I also know that on the air it sets up radios for COINTELPRO. So why would we publicly, to the whole world that's listening in, waiting for an opportunity to put a show and all the phone numbers in the records, make any statements like that? Statements like that, if people believe that, should be made, I think, in private. And we should keep on public what's kind of a safe discussion, you know. Well, then my question, too, you don't like black women. Okay, but what women do you think you're going to attract speaking like that? Yeah. <laughs> or do you like women at all? Mm-hmm. You know, there's too, so much anger, and, and he may pass. I'm sure he has valid reasons. But he's not capable right now of listening to anybody else's viewpoints without getting angry if they don't match his, which is not. Uh, really in a problem-solving mode. It's not an exchange of ideas. With respect. Yeah. You you can build and grow and, you know, learn from each other. It's kind of sad. This is is what it's all come down to, you see. All of the problems, all of the machinations and manipulations, you know, all of the abuse and all of this is what it's come down to. Well, well, Miss Lady, you, you know that that is what um, a part of the programming or conditioning that we have been subjected to, um, called listening to respond, but not listening to listen. You know, we're not really listening. The only thing we're doing, we're hearing what they're saying, but we're already forming a response um, in our own brains. Uh, you know, regardless of what the other person is saying, we're not taking in any of what they're really saying. And it's just conditioning throughout our lives, you know, and we're conditioned to do that. Um, I have to agree with Brother Hotel. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't take all options off the table. You just can't do that. Um, some seem better than others at times, and then others are better than some of the others at times, just depending on the situation Absolutely. that you're in. Um, <laughs> you know, and I you think know, what I was thinking Go ahead. I'm sorry. What about this male patriarchy? You see the condition of the world with all the imbalance of all this male energy. You see the condition of the world, and you see the condition of the country. And the responders with more patriarchy, more male type of energy, more competition, more, you know, um, 
the potential for being very destructive with guns and that kind of thing. It's not going to work. You're you're right. He's absolutely right with the imbalance of the female feminine energy and the and the masculine energy. This patriarchal structure is is has been the problem. Yeah, if we're out of balance when we're purely testosterone. Um, and we are taught in the black community especially that unless we are very cave-like, we're not macho, right? The movies teach us that, you know, the guy that can knock out everybody and shoot everybody and be very abrasive, the women are just, oh, he's so macho. That concept is so flawed. If we go back in the caves and, you know, maybe, okay, you got to go out and knock an elephant over the head, but we're way beyond that now. We should have developed a bit more, bit more cognitive skills and intellect where we can realize that a man can be a man without going out and shooting another man or hitting another man or, you know, slapping his woman around. But we haven't lost that because don't forget, that's a part of many religions, slavery and patriarchy. You don't see any female prophets in most of these religions. You don't see any female angels, female gods. So it's a very sexist, gender-based um, system, and that's a part of our problem. In the black, brown, Moorish, African community, we're divided by gender. So how can we work together when the two captains are fighting or one captain is ready to disrespect the other captain? That's very, very bad. Uh, great point. <laughs> great point. Somebody else want to say something? I heard you. Well, I was going to agree with Hotep that that is a very good point. And also, I recognize that that's conditioned behavior, and we have to, I think, realize and accept the fact that we have been conditioned in a culture that's not our own. And I don't know how we can, um, you know, overcome that since we seem to be caught in this culture. I mean, after all, we have someone else's language imposed on us, and, you know, your language formulates your thinking process. So we, it's a deep situation. I'm complete. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you're 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 right, and you're right. It's conditioning. Uh, there, there's no, I mean, know, what else? I think, think at some is? point we all have responsibility as adults to learn and grow and become better people. Yeah, I think. Re- oh, I mean, yeah, I didn't know you weren't finished. Well, I'm gonna go. Okay. Uh, have a nice day. Well, sisterly love, that's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> All righty then. Um, we lost two. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> no, you know, can I just say what happens is we're, we're emotional and we have a right to be because it's like a group that's oppressed, killed off, raped. And so some of our rules of engagement in communication, it's not like a corporate meeting where we see each each other. This is an asynchronous communication portal. So we have to use psychic energy to try and guess when the other person might be finished. Or sometimes we feel something in us that we just want to say, right? But I don't think we do it to be rude. Even the brother talking about the, the females that hung up, I don't think he was doing it to be rude. I think we all come with different issues. We've been through so much. We all have issues to deal with. And it's up to us to kind of say, okay, I know my person over there has some damage. So how can I be a bit more patient and realize that I got to help them with their damage? And how can they help me, right? So, yeah, what's happening with people going off is just a part of what we go through. And 
I don't think we lose any love for them. We just hope that we can learn and grow. He's such a wise person, and and I think that if we all, and I mean all, except that we all have baggage and damage, then we probably would be able to do that better. But however, some people seem to be able to see the speck in other people's eye, but they can't see the speck in their own. Mm, Good point. (laughs) Wow. Very good point. Mm. All right. Well, man, I got my mind rolling now because I'm enjoying this conversation. I I really am. But you know, when, when you think of that, when, when you think of that, that, that situ, those situations right there, how do we get past that? How do we get past that? Is it going to take education? Is it going to take education? Or do we just say, okay, eventually they'll learn how to deal with it and, and keep going? May I respond? Oh, go ahead, Brother Hotel. No, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, education is key. That's why when I do radio stuff, I always talk education at some point, because everything is involved in education. Racism, the whites or blacks that believe in it and oppress others, they were educated. Economic system, Wall Street, I know a few colleagues that are brokers, to pass Series 7, it's education, martial arts, use of guns, understanding about Kemet, Haiti, um, understanding about blog talks interface, understanding about constant. So education is it. In my opinion, and without that, we're going to be lost and divided. Mm, okay. Go ahead, Sister Angoni. Well, I agree with him, education, but I would like to qualify that. I think it has to be self-education because yeah. uh, one of the things that I accept is that we have to go inside and try to find the balance within ourselves, and we cannot be responsible for how other people think or how they react. But we can be, how do you say, um, empathetic, uh, because like you said, mm-hmm. you pointed out, we all have issues because of the society we live in. They were created by design to keep us mm-hmm. all off balance so that we won't connect with our power inside of ourselves and figure out solutions to make our lives better and to make this world a better place. So I think the only thing we can do, I know there's plenty of times when I'm off balance, and if everybody will just admit that, everybody, <laughs> and forgive those yeah. when they fall off the wagon or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It, it, we all have our time. You know what? There's a, a, a man named, uh, he, he's the author of a book called The New Earth, uh, Eckhart Tolle. And one of the things, you know, some people might say, oh, it's new agey or whatever. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But one of the things that I learned from listening to him, I think is very, very important. Not that I can always do it, okay? I'm in progress or in, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm working Mm -hmm. on it. He said, when someone else acts out or their anger flares up, he said, that's the pain body. And he said, women carry a heavier pain body than men do, okay? And that's, this is not being sexist or anything like that because I understand when we talk about feminine energy and the suppression of that in the patriarchy, we're not talking about males and females. We're talking about because we both have both inside of us. So, therefore, the balance has to come within each of us, whether we're females, I'm not females, whether we're women or whether we're masculine or feminine. The balance mm-hmm. has to come inside of ourselves. So, I don't know. I think I lost my point. I don't know if I finished the point I was trying to make or not, because I thought about, oh, yeah, (laughs) the point was Eckhart Tolle, he talked about the pain body. And so he said the way to handle that is when somebody else's pain body comes up, it wants to feed. 
it wants to start an argument because it's crying out, it's angry, it has anxiety, <laughs> it's dealing with its baggage. So the best way we can deal with that is to just be present for that person whose pain body comes up and don't offer it any food. Hmm. In other words, just be wow. present and recognize that that's mm-hmm. the pain body that wants to feed. And if you feed into it, there, there comes the conflict. And, and Mr. Neely Fuller, mm-hmm. this is the last thing I'm going to say. Mr. Neely Fuller teaches that because of our conditioning, we always start off tacky, end up trashy, and then it gets terroristic. <laughs> <laughs> and by the wow. way, can I say, okay. Mr. Talk, that I also yes. think that just like all of us have various issues to deal with, some of us just mask it in a more um, in a linguistic manner. I also think that all of our so-called leaders are just as imperfect. And so when we look at Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Fuller, everybody, I can't think of one of them who has certain philosophies or certain aspects of their lifestyle that I don't agree with, right? So when we evaluate who our heroes and sheroes are, we also have to be critical because we wouldn't be so jacked up if, in many cases, they had not made some miscalculations or, you know, in some ways sold us out. So we have to be critical as us, but also all our leaders, from politicians to preachers, teachers, electricians, writers, fighters, and politicians. To Madam Nikita Yannick Bishan, Mr. Talk is competition. <laughs> All right. You don't remember that song? <laughs> yeah, I remember that song. Oh, That's okay. why I started okay. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> my, my, my. All right. Well, it's 15 after, and uh, uh, it's the time to get up out of here. Um, but as I always do, I'm going to let you get your last words in. Um I want to thank y'all for hanging around because you're the last two. So we're going to start with um, Sister Ngoni. Go ahead, Sister Ngoni. Well, a great show as always, Mr. Talk. Thanks for letting me join in, and I really enjoyed the feedback from all your guests, and especially Mr. Hotep, very wise, and I look forward to your call. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. All right, um, Brother Hotep. Thanks, Sister Ngoni. Thanks, uh, Brother talk um we have a big challenge and um it's really tough i mean i joke sometimes but we, we're under such oppression financial economic and, and other forms um and if any of you want to reach out to me hotep kenyatta you'll see me come up and google with some stuff and uh you know i'm working on a few videos some songs i'm working on some books with some colleagues uh we're looking also to get some people in my community and we're going to get a store that we can hire some of our young people. I'm working on a United Nations venture, just doing what I can with 24 hours in a day. And uh, so we can do it. I think we have the potential, and we can bust this out. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you for stopping by. Always welcome. Always welcome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us, man. What a great show. What a great show. Um, I love all my guests. (laughs) Miss Lady JC, thank you all for stopping by as well. Um, wow. (laughs) Oh man. My closing words are simple. When you're in a conversation, listen, just listen. You know, a lot of times there's no need to respond. Um, just listen, 
you know, as I said in the show, a lot of people listen to respond. They don't just listen. And that makes a big difference. Because while you're trying to form your response, you're not really, you may miss a part of the conversation or point that's being made that may actually help you. That may actually help you. Imagine that. But either way, you know, we're we going to work through this. We're going to work through this. We, we've worked through a whole lot of things as a people, and I, I, I'm confident that we, we will work through whatever issues are presented to us because we are just that resilient. We are. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we show it on a daily basis, a daily basis. So let's just keep hope. As just let's just keep hope alive. <laughs> keep hope alive, amen. Just keep grinding, keep grinding, keep reading, um, keep talking, and keep listening. And we will be all right. All right. That's going to do it for me, y'all. I'll be back Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time. Um, I don't know what we'll be talking about, but I'll be here. That's for sure. So I hope you join in with me. Um, um, just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest and the best thing I can tell you, man, learn to fit yourself. Because you can learn to fit yourself and get us just great. Because <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> See, I'm doing it now. But anyway, y'all have a good one, man. And being that it's Friday, and a lot of y'all full from overeating yesterday and some of today, because I know some of y'all went back and opened up the pots and did it again. We're going to go on to get y'all out of here with some Pharrell Williams and happy. Y'all enjoy your weekend, man. And I see everybody back here Monday at 2 p.m. All right, this is Mr. Talk saying, have a good weekend. I'm out. Brian, I keep.